This is a commune podcast. Poems to calm down to by Megha Rao. My grandparents' love was the kind my exes called boring. I tell them the sweetest stories and I'd actually find them snoring. I guess that's why they're my exes anyway. Because for them, romance meant running away. My grandfather, he didn't sweep my grandmother off her feet. And she didn't make his knees buckle in defeat. She never knit him any sweaters and he never wrote her love letters. She didn't give him any adventurous memories and he, of course, forgot anniversaries. They were married before they knew each other's names. So there was no chase, no time to play any games. But when they were younger, they would leave work early to go out for dinner at an expensive restaurant they both saved up for. They'd pass on the desserts and freebies because one of them had diabetes. In the morning, she'd let him sneak some dirty laundry in when she was doing her round of spin. He'd let her read the newspaper first, even though she knew he'd burst if someone messed up his morning routine that also included a little caffeine. Their love was a teenager's dreadful eye roll, not deserving of any drum roll until fast cars and impulsive lovers stopped feeling exciting. Until reckless, irresponsible behavior started looking immature and a little amateur. (laughs) So, she made grocery lists with him. He drove her to the dentist. With their false teeth, they kissed. They took turns cleaning the bathroom. Sometimes, they felt like a new bride and groom. They changed the bedsheets together, even talked about the weather. They became each other's synonym. She switched off the fan and sweated through the night when he was sick and shivering. Their love was always the kind of underrated romantic, nothing fashionable, nothing gigantic. I guess to the rest of the world, there was nothing swoon-worthy about sharing electricity bills and painting the house and doing other repetitive things. Because they were never grand and overwhelming and wild. They were subtle and steady and mild, not the kind that glamorous movies and award-winning books would want to retell. And I know swooping lovesick gestures are fancy and diamonds and bouquets and kissing in the rain are all quite dreamy and holding hands feels so good. But if I could beat them, I would. Because I grew up watching my grandfather massage the soles of my grandmother's feet when she was beat and seeing my grandmother change my grandfather's adult diapers in the last years of his life as he got worse. And all I can say is, somehow, this was just more precious, just so special than all the gold and glitter and all the candlelight dinners in the world together. Sometimes, 
Sometimes there's this fear that I might never find someone. I mean, you know, when you're an Indian kid, that is the first thing you don't have to worry about. Getting married. I mean, of course, after all, your parents will obviously find someone for you. But um, what is the guarantee that this very person will understand you, get you, see you, see right through you? What if there's nobody out there in this world who was made for me? I mean, I know I'm on the fence about this idea of soulmates, but still, I don't want to just grow old with anybody. I want to grow old with someone who's special to me, made for me. Okay, I'm rambling. Who's mature and responsible. You know, I've been through too much young love, tough love, toxic love to realize at 24, what I'm really looking for in a partner has drastically changed. I mean, I'll take you if we're on the same page. I'll take you if you respect me, if the chemistry is good, if you're a feminist, if you're faithful, if you're a happy person, if you can take care of yourself, if we communicate without fighting, if we can appreciate each other's boundaries. And the list goes on and on and on. Hey, it's, it's not a bad list. These were definitely the standards I set for a lot of people who came and went. But as they went, I failed to uphold these values for myself. And that's another thing I realized. Whether it works out or not, mutual respect, that should never go away. You're learning to call your ex-lovers beautiful. Teaching yourself that hard feelings are inexcusable. It's not easy. You don't say his gorgeous blue hair makes me giddy or that she's got eyes the color of summer wheat so pretty. Like you used to. It's weird to get through. But you don't want to kill them anymore. And that's a good sign. Neither do you take them to war, nor bitch about them or whine. Instead, you remind yourself that there have been epic battles in post-romantic history, how people have fought on bitterly, but there have also been decent friendships. There have been mudslingers, but with time, forgivers were the winners. And when you were younger, filled with so much rage and hunger, you swore you would never shake hands, never make plans with someone who kissed you and then left exit wounds on your heart. But you're not 15 anymore, not misguided anymore. And admit it, you've hurt people too. You've messed up too. So now, you let go of your grudges so you can free up space in your hands to carry yourself. You call up an old flame and tell them that though you burned the bridge, you still share your fridge in case they come home now. You congratulate them for surviving your knives like you survived theirs. Not everyone is meant to stay pairs. And now the fire is long gone, but you think of them warmly from time to time on and on. Now, when they're in your city, 
You're a little more on the side of neutrality and maybe you'll agree to meet them, but only, only if you're done with work early. You don't go out of your way. You don't get in their way either. And suddenly, you realize it's the simplest feeling you've ever known. Like excited children waving at a passing train. Children who are happy, so happy, while saying hello and goodbye at the same time. Let's learn from them. Oh, right now, it's, like I said, the middle of the night, so everyone home is asleep. I can't fall asleep. I can't fall asleep. So I have actually lit this candle. And yeah, there are insects falling into it, into the hot wax. But nonetheless, I'm not trying to be poetic about it because there are actually dead insects in front of me. But, you know something? Candles make really good reading light. And I am reading a collection of Roald Dahl's short story anthologies. It's got a bunch of anthologies, which bitch kiss kiss. So good. So, so good. Roald Dahl as an adult writer is just, just as enchanting and sizzling as the amazing children's book author that he is. I mean, <laughs> not a good time to be reading creepy things, but... This one has me on edge, and I don't think I'm going to bed until I finish this. And I'll tell you all about it next time, or, you know, when we meet, but... Actually, never mind. I hate to be that person who gives away spoilers. So, my lips are sealed. <laughs> Good night, I guess. For me, yeah. Good night, for me. Hey, this is Megha Rao, and I am the host of Poems to Calm Down To. If you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, you might think you need all kinds of equipment to set it up. It turns out, all you need is Anchor. Anchor is an all-in-one free tool from Spotify that lets you create your own podcast and get it heard everywhere. With Anchor, you can record, edit, and be heard on all listening platforms. It all works in your web browser or right from Anchor's mobile app. And best of all, it's totally free. Make your podcast with Anchor today by going to anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. This is a Commune production. This episode was produced by Vishal Belwal and Anil Chauhan. All poems were written and performed by Megha Rao. This is a Commune Podcast.